Voice of St. Louis original podcast. A rainy start to the week, but let's get you going with all the news and information you need. It's the St. Louis All Local. Today is Monday, July 31st. Our top local story, waiting for the lights to come back on after Saturday's monster storm. This is Kevin Colleen in Woodson Terrace outside a residential area where the generators are humming as some people are still awaiting power restoration after Saturday afternoon's thunderstorm. At its peak, Ameren, Missouri says, the storm knocked out some 95,000 customers and they restored them in order of priority, hospitals, nursing homes, and uh, areas where uh, one restoration would bring back power to the most people. What's left are the stragglers, the people who might have had an individual limb fall on a line, and their home needs to be restored by itself. People in the St. Louis Hills neighborhood are still reeling from the news that a man has been arrested for sexually assaulting a young boy snatched from a bicycle and attempting to sexually assault a second boy about a week earlier. This woman walking around Francis Park says it's hard to fathom. I mean, that is really hard to even think about. Was it like during the day or night? Daytime? Daytime. That is shocking because I walk here all the time and I always feel very safe. The suspect, 34-year-old Asmani Haji Ghoul, had to be questioned by police with the help of a translator before he was charged on Friday. The Post-Dispatch reports that Ghoul is an Afghan refugee married with three kids who came here in 2021 after the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan. After 21 years, the killer of six-year-old Casey Williamson, Johnny Johnson, will be put to death tomorrow by lethal injection. It was just a tragic case, you know, uh, one like I hope to never see again. And that's retired St. Louis County Police Chief Ron Battelle, who remembered the killing like it was yesterday. Casey disappeared from the breakfast table when her dad walked away for a minute. Johnny Johnson, who was a drifter and had slept on the couch in Casey's home, took her to the abandoned glass factory. Battelle says Johnson was a suspect from the start. We had information that he was seen, as I recall, crossing the street with her and her bicycle, I believe. And we searched all morning and all afternoon and, uh, you know, we felt as a department, we felt we were going to find her. And police did at the very same time when Johnny Johnson was confessing to Casey's murder. Maria Aquino, KMLX News. The person fatally struck in the Gravois Bluffs parking lot Saturday is identified. St. Louis County Police say 56-year-old Susan Becker of House Springs was hit by a car whose driver stayed on the scene and is cooperating with police. No word yet if the driver will face charges. A man and dog were killed by a hit-and-run driver while walking on the sidewalk early Saturday in Overland. 57-year-old Leo Anderson was run over by a vehicle which left the road in the 2400 block of Ashby. Anderson died at the hospital. His dog died at the scene. The driver left the scene. Have a new baby in Illinois? State Treasurer Mike Ferricks wants to give you $50 to open an Illinois First Steps college savings account while admitting that's not a lot of money. It's intended to get people to open college accounts for their children. Because when you tell a kid that I've set up a college savings account for you, I mean, you're not just telling them about that money, you're telling them that you're smart. You are college material. I believe in you. And when they hear things like that, it makes all the difference in the world. The savings can be used for university, community college, or vocational education. Details are on brightstart.com. Illinois continues to welcome those looking for abortion services. Governor J.B. Pritzker announced several new initiatives today. He says in response to increasing pressures against abortion rights in surrounding states. There are attorneys general. Uh, who are looking to make a name for themselves 
um, and prosecutors looking to make a name for themselves who want to go after patients or doctors here in Illinois. Among the new initiatives in Illinois is help in coordinating travel and daycare for out-of-state patients and a helpline to navigate health care systems to find services. It should be safer to take passenger rail in Missouri soon. Governor Parson plans to sign the Railroad Safety Crossing Plan on Thursday. It'll invest $50 million into improving the 47 passive rail crossings on the three lines which carry passenger rail in the state. In June 2022, an Amtrak train traveling from Los Angeles to Chicago crashed near Menden, Missouri, killing four and leaving 150 hurt. Hours to go until the MLB trade deadline. The Cardinals minor league system received a boost yesterday with the club trading Jordan Hicks to Toronto and Jordan Montgomery and Chris Strand to the Texas Rangers receiving a package of players back that were mostly prospects. Three of the players that the club acquired have been placed in the top 10 of the organizational prospect rankings according to MLB Pipeline. The Cardinals have mostly targeted players who are at the AA or AAA level, meaning they could help the Major League club in the next year. The trade deadline is tomorrow at 5 o'clock and the Cardinals are expected to make more moves. Matt Pauley, KMOX Sports. The KMOX Business Desk. A new survey shows a significant number of Gen Z employees are taking hush trips. KMOX Virtual Consumer Editor Megan Lynch tells us what those are. Hush trips are when an employee goes on vacation but makes it appear they're still working. I think what's disturbing is the fact that they feel so free to kind of lie about this. Stacy Haller is chief career advisor with Resume Builder. She says a survey of younger workers shows 40% have taken a hush trip. Clearly there's a need for a better PTO policy in these companies so workers feel they can have the time off. But the fact that this generation is then being deceitful about their time, that, that's what pops out as being somewhat disturbing here. How did they hide it? In some cases, employees report they used a background on their video calls to make it appear as though they are still in their home office. As the news continues on KMOX, the 95,000 people who lost their lights, air conditioning, and power to their freezers in Saturday's storm were just about all restored by late this afternoon. Ameren's director of the Gateway Division, Jason Woodard, says as storms go, it was some storm. Yeah, this storm was really uh, impactful. It, it uh, really destructive winds blew across our, our northern part of our Missouri and uh, really uh, 50 to 70 mile an hour winds and uh, did a lot of tree damage and uprooted a lot of trees. This, this storm in particular had a, a, a significant amount of tree damage. It was a thrashing wind. Oh yeah, and I was looking out my, my window as it, as it blew through and it, and it was hitting one of my weeping willows and it was just bending it down to the ground and up and bending it down to the ground. So yeah, very, very thrashing type wind. Yeah, what's been the most challenging part about this storm outage? So one of the most challenging things about this storm is, is it was really widespread. And so, you know, when we have a localized storm in one particular area of Amherst, Missouri, we're able to bring our crews in very quickly to that area and respond. With this storm, um, each area had their own little storm damage to repair. And so uh, we weren't able to, to initially collapse our internal crews as quickly as we'd like to. And uh, if you could visualize the map, the damage map, can you rattle off some names of the towns that got hit? Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it started in central Missouri and it, it you know, hit uh, Moberly, uh, it hit uh, Wentzville, it went across St. Peter's, O'Fallon, then it hit uh, all of North County, 
uh, metro area and, and impacted the city as well. So, so that's quite a, a reign of terror there. Yeah, it's a long stretch of, of damage. Uh, it really impacted all, all of our divisions across Ameren, um, and, and all of our divisions were definitely engaged in storm. Right. Really, if I was going to say one thing, I just we just really appreciate our customers' patience as, as we work through this July. It's, there's been a lot of storms, and Mother Nature has, has really uh, hasn't been kind to us, and we appreciate uh, the, uh, you know all of our customers' patience as, as we work to restore power and, and keep their lights on. I, I mean, what I, the reason why I do what I do is, you know, we have uh, hospitals, we have um, senior living facilities, we have customers out with, with medical equipment, and, you know, to be able to quickly respond to keep their life-saving devices, um, you know, electrified to where they're working, uh, you know, that's why I do what I do. That's Jason Woodard of Ameren, Missouri, who says he hopes the forecast for the rest of the week does not bring any more severe storms. KMOX goes in-depth. The St. Charles County Council has the controversial tall tree development on tonight's agenda, but instead of voting on whether to approve it or not, Councilman Mike Elam says the developer, KM Investment Group 4, is going to ask them to put it on hold. So the developer has asked to table the development on Double D, both the rezoning and the conditional use permit. What they're hoping to do is go back and get concessions from a landowner to basically lower the price which would allow them to put bigger lots along the development, which is what everyone has been asking for. The citizens who have been emailing and calling and coming to the meetings at the family arena have said that a high-density development does not fit the character of the area, so they're looking for, as you get down closer to Bromelsick Park, for it to go from a a normal subdivision, we'll call it, uh, to one-acre lots to three-acre lots, and uh, hopefully progress down to that. The move follows strong opposition by neighbors in the rural part of St. Charles County. The attorney for the developer had previously threatened to ask O'Fallon, Missouri, to annex the land if the county rejected the plan, believing O'Fallon's more anxious to grow its population. I think the annexation threat has subsided a lot because a number of the O'Fallon City Council members have been willing to weigh in on what they think about this. And they have been able to say, uh, we do not want a high-density subdivision either. And I think that has put pressure on the developer to go back and ask for concessions from a landowner. It really is going to hinge on the landowner's price. If they want to stay at the current price that they're on, then they're not going to be able to make large lots work. From what I was told, at the current price point that they're looking at, just a three-acre lot without a home would cost $750,000. So obviously that's not a price point that's going to work in St. Charles County. So it's going to start with the landowner. If the developer can get concessions, then the developer is going to have to put the plans together and they'll bring those plans back to the council and we'll need an opportunity to look at those and see if it fits what the people in the community have been asking for. If it doesn't, it probably won't pass. So what happens after tonight's vote if the plans are tabled? So we will table the bills, uh, assuming that everyone agrees tonight. And I, I think they will, but you never know until the action actually happens. Anything can happen at a live meeting. But assuming that everyone agrees, then the bill would be tabled. We would give the developer an opportunity to go back, try to work out a deal with the landowner, and then put together the new plans. 
Then they would bring those new plans back to the county council. We would review those and see if we like them or not. And we would have an up or down vote on it. It does not have to go back through planning and zoning. It would just come back to the council. And at that point, the council would vote it up or down. Now, when it gets tabled, it stays on the table for up to 15 meetings or six months that they have. I don't think it's going to take six months, but I can't tell you, is this going to be two weeks, four weeks, 12 weeks? I don't know where this is right now. But what we're hoping to do is, assuming that it does get tabled tonight, we're going to be reaching out to the community folks and letting them know before we pull it off a table and vote. The last thing we want to do is surprise anybody. We want to be as transparent as we possibly can, get the new plans out there, and then we would vote on it. St. Charles County Councilman Mike Elam on the tall tree housing development along Highway DD. Tonight's council meeting is scheduled for Family Arena, and it starts at 7. Thank you for subscribing, and you can do so on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts for the latest from KMOX. KMOX.